0: Uh, this morning's uh, scripture reading comes from Matthew 13, 1 through 9, and then verses 18 through 23. Later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. A large crowd soon gathered around him, he got, so he got on into a boat. Then he sat there and taught as the people stood on the shore. He told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell onto a footpath and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun and they didn't have deep roots, so they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out those tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil. And they produced a crop that was 30, 60, even 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears should hear and listen and understand. Now skipping to verse 18. Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seeds that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they won't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on the good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produces a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as has been planted. May God bless the reading of this word. Thank you for downloading our podcast. Make sure to subscribe to get new ones every week. And don't forget to check out First Methodist Sweetwater's website and
1: social media. Now, here is Pastor Ryan Strebe. One of the things you can notice by driving around the county or if you know some farmers uh, in the county, then you've probably heard about it. But we are on the other side of cotton planting season, right? So thanks be to God, uh, you all you all made it, uh, and and here we are in uh, in in July. And uh, of all the agricultural lessons that I've learned, uh, cotton farming is one that I've had to learn since my last seven years in Sweetwater. Uh, I grew up in an area where we didn't have a lot of cotton. And my family didn't wasn't involved in raising cotton, and cattle don't eat cotton, so I was not uh, that privy to the cotton operation so I've enjoyed my cotton farming education i'm still very much a novice, uh, but I'm learning, and I appreciate all i 'm looking around at all the faces of people that have taught me about cotton in this congregation, and so I appreciate it very much but cotton planting cotton growing cotton harvest is all a very vulnerable process just like all farming. Uh, But I turned to our good friends at Texas A&M in their research department. Notice I didn't say anything bad about the university, Russ. I know you appreciate that. Um, But I got a little more education on the just the kind of technical biology side of what's happening when you place a cotton seed in the ground. So just hear this uh, indulge me for a moment. This, This is what's happening when a cotton seed is planted in the ground. Once the seed is placed in the ground, the miracle of seed germination begins. Moisture from the surrounding soil seeps through the seed coat at the broad end of the seed, and this is an area of specialized cells referred to as the calaza. The absorbed water follows the tissue around the embryo of the radical cap at the narrow end of the seed, and as it moves, the water softens and penetrates the tissues. It triggers a wide range of chemical reactions. By now, moisture is penetrating all parts of the seed coat and the swollen embryo appears ready to burst. The radical forces its way through the tiny opening at the pointed end of the seed coat and it pushes downward into the soil where it will form a taproot. Things go well. At the same time, Headed the other direction, the hypocotyl has begun to stretch and forms an arc or a crook as it makes its way to and through the soil surface. If you've ever watched green beans grow, you can see that really, really well in your garden. Uh, if the seed has been placed in a firm seed bed, the protective seed coat will remain underground as the expanding cells straighten the hook and pulls the cotyledons and the epicotyl free, eventually lifting them above the soil surface. Now, they go on in this article to say that getting a stand, of course, requires proper seedbed preparation, favorable soil temperature, proper planting depth, adequate soil moisture, elimination of soil compaction, avoiding chemical injury, protecting plants from high winds, blowing sand, insects, diseases, drought, too much water, not enough water hail. I mean, right? So it's a good thing we don't have any of that here in West Texas. Uh, It basically is saying there are a million things that could go wrong that could prevent the seed from growing. And you know this if you're a farmer or if you grew up in this area. So there are many hazards. There There are more factors discouraging the growth of a young cotton plant than there are encouraging. Hazards, 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 hazards. Now, <clears throat> Jesus tells this parable. He's been upbraiding the Pharisees in chapter 12. And then he changes his course of communication. He says, you know, I've already told you guys what's wrong. You're not listening to me. I'm going to go a little different angle. I want to tell you some stories. And he does this masterfully. And Jesus tells this story of a farmer who goes out to sow his seed. And in that parable that Russ read for us, it sounds exactly like farming is. There's a 75% failure rate. You notice the three different germination environments do not produce anything. There's absolutely nothing that grows in the first three scenarios. Hazards. So this parable, Jesus intends for us to sit with. Right. If he could just come out and say what he wanted to say and explain it to us in a technical algebraic way, if that was the best way for the word of God, for the word of Jesus to get into our hearts, then Jesus would have just done that. And we'd have it right there, in nice algebra form. But he knows there are some things that just require time. There are some things about the kingdom of heaven that just require germination. They require patience. They require more than one growing season. And so we are invited, listening to the parable, as the disciples are, to be patient, to receive what he's saying, to sit with the parable, to wrestle with the parable, to argue with the parable, to find ourselves in the parable and be discouraged because, oh my goodness, that is me. And then also to be encouraged to say, oh, but there's hope. I have another shot at this. Right? And we work with the parable, and the disciples are doing this. to try and to understand, why are you talking to us this way? And Jesus explains the different reasons why? It's important for our faith, for our imagination to be engaged, to use this vehicle called parables. Or I like to think of them as riddles. You know, he's working with us. He's trying to come in a little different angle. Uh, in verse 11, Jesus says, you know, to you disciples, to you guys that are that are following, it's been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. It's a fascinating little word. The word mystery right there only occurs uh, in the New Testament, in this place, and in in uh, Mark and Luke, where the same story is told, and so it's a really interesting word. But to you, it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Like I, I'm sharing everything with you. You, there's nothing that the kingdom of heaven is holding back from you, disciples, because you are listening. You are here. You're following. He says. Now the Pharisees, they're not listening, right? They think they've got it all together. And so I'm telling them a story, and they, you know, maybe they'll come around, but so far, I'm, I'm speaking in this way that they're not going to understand. It's not going to grow their faith to hear this story. It's going to grow your faith to hear this story. And you're going you're to lean in, and the Pharisees are just going to lean back even more. He even says, you know, to those who have, more will be given, you disciples, y'all that are listening, and to those of you that don't have, even what you have will be taken away. He says, Pharisees, you're, you're coming out about it all the wrong way, and so you're never going to get there, even just with a little more effort or whatever else. So the Pharisees are uh, they're hard-hearted. And so like one of the planting scenarios, they, they don't have room in their hearts for roots. There's no room in the terrain of their, of their hearts for roots to develop. And so it's kind of that hard pan problem. And so they, that's not going to work for the Pharisees. And also, uh, if the seed does germinate and it begins to grow, they're so they're so caught up in the show of things. They're so they're so caught up in the external appearance that it chokes out anything that's trying to grow. So they kind of they're caught up in these two scenarios. So he says the Pharisees have all this zeal and all this energy that they think is for God, but it's going in the wrong direction. So you know you can drive as fast as you want to towards New York and you're never going to get to San Diego. That's that's what Jesus is saying. Like, you, the more effort it's not going to help you here because you got the wrong target. The thing is not working. So a farmer went out to sow his seed. Uh, as we see if you've ever scattered seed or when you when you're filling your seed cart or you're, you know, you're planting your garden seeds and you spill the package or your 5-year-old tries to eat what's in the package or whatever. I guess that's more like two or three-year-old. Um, my my five-year-olds were very advanced. They were still eating seeds maybe, but I don't know. No, um, you know, so their seeds get spilled and scattered and you realize like they might, they might you know, think, well, that, that might germinate, but it's probably not. The birds are going to get to it or it's going to blow away before it germinates. And Jesus said, this is like, you know, when we pray for protection from the evil one, In the Lord's Prayer, this is a real thing. The evil one loves to snatch the word of God before it ever has a chance to grow in us. You know, it's it's before it ever has a chance to settle in and begin to germinate, uh, the devil loves to just take that word away and just maybe convince us that we're not hearing correctly, that, oh, that's not worth your time. And then sometimes the seed begins to germinate and it comes up quickly. It's in shallow soil, surrounded by rocks, so it has a lot of pressure, not enough depth for a root. And so when it gets really hot in July, that plant withers and dies because it doesn't have root. And when Jesus explains this, he says, uh, these are the people that don't have any root in themselves. They don't, they don't have depth in the heart. And so there's no room for something else to grow. And the third scenario, uh, the, the seed does what it's supposed to do, comes up really well, and things go really well. But the pressure, the weed pressure, the Johnson grass, the pig weeds, all the stuff. There's so much weed pressure that that that, that plant does not produce what it's supposed to produce. Uh, and Jesus says, this is like um, the, the people that the cares of this world and the delight of riches. You know, it's like the rich young ruler who he's all ready to follow Jesus. And Jesus says, hey, no big deal. All you have to do is detach your heart and walk away from riches as your goal in life. And he, and he, and he doesn't. He's just not able to release himself from that attachment, and so uh, the same thing happens here. Um, the delight and riches, just and the cares of the world, choke out what's growing in soil. So, but then he says, "There's a fourth scenario, and uh, every once in a while, all those obstacles are overcome, and the hail misses, and all the stuff, and that seed." Germinates, it begins to grow, and it produces a hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold. And Jesus said, This is like those that hear the Word of God, they wrestle with the Word of God, they begin to understand the Word of God, and it bears fruit in their lives a hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold. And if you've ever, as you all have, uh, been a part of an environment where our mission is to plant seeds, And to watch God water those seeds and to grow in the hearts of people around us, uh, this can be very frustrating work. It sometimes seems like we have a 75% failure rate. And sometimes we look around and go, my goodness, why, why are there not more things growing? Why is it just everywhere we look and every time we turn on the news, it's rocky soil. We thought it was growing and now it's not there. Oh man, that plant was doing really, really well. But now the weeds are covering up and we can't even see it anymore. And there's no fruit on the vine. There's no fruit on the cotton plant. If we take an honest assessment around us in our culture anytime, it's not just now, it's not, you know, it's not worse in that way than it was in the fifties, or it was in 1875, or it was in 1742, or it was in 1351 in the most advanced society on earth. Every moment in history that you look around, there's going to be more than enough things that would discourage you. Infant mortality rates, um, wars, the the way that people treat each other in families when there's a bitter disagreement. There's all things we could spend all day making that long, long list. It's almost as if 75% of the stories are just tough stories, really hard stories. Years of unhealth, years of unfavorable growing conditions the depletion of what few nutrients were in the soil and it's just so easy to get discouraged uh many of you if you've farmed you know you've taken over a farm that someone else farmed or you've leased a farm that was somebody else's or you inherited a farm that you've never farmed before and you realize oh my goodness this farm has been really in rough shape you know this was not farmed well it's going to take years for us to get this farm back where it's healthy enough to grow what it really should grow, can be very discouraging. And it's vulnerable work. You know, this work that Jesus is leading the disciples into, it's, it's not work that can just be done on the surface level. It's work that takes all that is within us, the depths of our own souls. And so therefore we take risks. And man, it's risky. And I don't know about you, but that's not a fun thing for me to be vulnerable, <laughs> to think about really risking what's the deep things inside of me in order that they might connect with the deep things of God, that they might be part of the mystery of God and what's growing in the world. It's easier just to keep things on the surface, at least for me. It's just easier to kind of cross your T's, dot your I's, and just move from one day to the next and not invest at the soil level. The article about the development of a cotton plant that I read, went on to say, you know, actually what we should have said at the very beginning is that the most important thing about the germination of the seed is actually the quality of the seed that you plant. Because if you don't have a good quality seed, then all the conditions won't matter. And I think that's the moment where we remember as the people of God, that as discouraged as we can become, and as many things are against uh, the health of our own hearts, producing fruit, uh, receiving the word of God. The really great news for us is that the word of God has a 100% germination rate, that it never fails. When it is planted in favorable conditions, it never ceases to yield 100-fold, 60-fold, 30-fold. Never. We never have to worry about the quality of the seed. And that in itself... Is such great news for us. Um, the text that we read in our Old Testament reading, Isaiah 55, is a great reminder for discouraged places inside of us, uh, that we remember what's actually happening as we begin to invest our heart in further depths, as we begin to commit to the project of soil health, of our heart health, and being able to receive the Word of God. This is what's happening That we can't see. Or we don't control the rain. But we get ready for it. And this is what we can expect from the word of God. In Isaiah 55. For as the rain and snow come down from heaven. They do not return there until they have watered the earth. Making it bring forth and sprout. Giving seed to the sower. Bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty. It shall accomplish that which I purpose, and it will succeed in the thing for which I sent it. We're reminded that throughout the Old Testament, that God is this great farmer, and he never, ever fails to produce a harvest for those that have ears to hear, those that have eyes to see. Anyone willing to raise a hand and say, yes, I'll, I'll start, I'll plant this year, success rate. Moreover, the seed that is planted in our hearts is none other than the Word of God, Jesus Christ, right? The one who became incarnate, the living Word, who was born of a virgin, who lived among us, and then, like any seed before it can produce, it must die and jesus did that and we we are witnesses to that fact and that seed of the life death and resurrection of jesus begins to grow in us it changes who we are it transforms the world around us for those who have ears to hear and eyes to see this is life changing news thanks be to God. So may we listen, may we take to heart the word that is spoken in us and around us. May we receive the word in the soil of our hearts. May we hope, one planting season at a time, right? One day at a time, one opportunity at a time, because this does take time. May we be encouraged at the possibility and the reminder uh, that what God purposes, He will accomplish in us and through us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.